So what are we talking about today, MJ? It's gonna get real hot in here. I, I'm already hot. hot. I don't need it to get any hotter. As hot as a furnace? Ooh. Yes, let's jump in <laughs> the furnace of affliction. Okay, okay, let's do it. All right, so thank you for listening today. We are going to dig into what it is to make it out of the furnace of affliction and how the Lord is with us in that furnace and mm-hmm. how he uses that so um, beautifully that we become so much better after it. So if we're talking about the furnace of affliction and we think biblically, right, I'm going to let you say the names because you're so much better at saying their names. I am. Meshach, Abednego. What's the other one? So we look in Daniel. We start looking in Daniel 3. We talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when they're in the furnace, and they're in the furnace, right? They're put in the furnace for reasons where it's not like they're dishonoring the Lord. They're actually following their Lord. They're doing, Mm. you know, whatever they feel led to do by the Lord. And they end up in the furnace. And the the thing that is important to realize in this story is God's with them in the furnace. Like he, God didn't stop the furnace from going. Like he didn't stop the the furnace from like being hot. It even got put hotter Mm -hmm. as they were in there, right? Yeah. And instead he jumped in the middle of it and he was with them and he protected them. But they yeah. still were in the furnace. When they came out of that furnace, they did not even smell like smoke. They were whole. They were, mm-hmm. you know, okay because the Lord was in there with them. They didn't smell like they should have smelled by being in a furnace, which is probably dead. They were alive and they didn't smell like smoke. And the other thing that's beautiful is after that, they were then promoted. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they went in there mm-hmm. and they came out and they realized that it was our God who is with them mm-hmm. and it's like, whoa, we got to, we got to look mm. at this differently. Yeah. So a lot of can be taken from that, that scripture or that part of the, the story. And we can dig into dissecting the pieces of that. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. So when we talk about the scripture of being in the furnace, what led these people like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were, they were followers of their Lord and they, they were faithful to God. Um, but what was the what was the the conflict there? Yeah, so we see that they didn't bow down to the same idols mm. and there was an expectation that they would. Um, but they followed what the Lord calls us to do, and that is to follow him and him alone and not to bow down to idols. And mm-hmm. because of that, they were taken and their faith, their faith in believing that if they followed the Lord, it was going to be okay, led them to even follow the Lord so much into the burning furnace where they were, the the king was giving orders Ooh. to burn them, right? Yeah. Can you expand on that, MJ, and just like yeah, talk a little bit more about what it looks like in our present day? How how does affliction yes. shape us? Or- yes, absolutely. And, you know, this is such a, it gives us imagery, right? The, this scripture gives us the image of, of being in the furnace and the Lord being in there. Um, but also it, it helps us to understand, like, these men had faith to not bow down to idols at this point mm-hmm. because they trusted the Lord. It's hard because sometimes we don't see the things in our life as idols, but they really are idols. Yeah. And I I could bet that most of us are not as faithful as these men and we bow down to them. And those are things that can cause that inner conflict. So we may bow down to vanity in different ways and perceptions and wanting to um, come off as a certain 
type of image of mm. what is culturally acceptable or what is um, status wise like mm, yeah. acceptable or how do I look like I am X, Y, or Z, depending mm-hmm. on you know where you live or who um, is seen as successful. And those are idols. Those are gods. And we probably fall into the trap of bowing down to those. It's it's something where if we examine, right, the the posture of our heart and we look at what are the things that consume our heart. Because those mm-hmm. if it consumes mm-hmm. our heart more than God does, it's it's an idol. Because God is the one yes. who is supposed yes. to be first. And through that, yes. everything else will flow. So if we are feeling tied and and maybe scared to to lose something or to let go of control of something, whatever that may be in our lives, mm-hmm. that's a good indicator that we have an idol in our life. And okay. then if we okay. continue to pursue that, right, we continue to pursue, okay, do I have an idol? Am I bowing down to it? This is where the furnace of affliction comes in and the Lord is still with us. And so even though mm-hmm. we may not be faithful, we may not realize we're not being faithful to the Lord. He will use affliction Mm-hmm. to burn off the things that are not meant to be in our heart. You know, we think about um, depression and anxiety. Those are completely in the heart and in the mind. And oftentimes no one has any understanding that someone is battling those things mm-hmm. because it is so internal. You know, sometimes that manifests in the exterior where you can see signs and indicators. But I know a lot of people who are very, very happy on the outside, but very conflicted on the inside. And so there's different levels of affliction. There's like the warfare, right, that we know there's a spiritual type of component where we may be having um, a tough period of, of life because we're re like we're fighting we're reexamining things in our life of like, OK, my worth is that in my career is my worth as a parent is my worth as a friend. Um, in some seasons, we feel like things are coming against us where we lose a job or we lose a spouse or we lose a friend. And then it's like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like, my life is awful. Like, this is so much affliction. I can't handle this. I can't. I can't stand. What's the point? And then we see these things and it's like, we can't say, right, that the Lord will cause these things to happen just to make you refined. But we have to realize that we have a good God and he has a bigger plan than we understand. But he's sovereign, which means that if it's happened, that means he's allowed it to happen. And so if we're in this condition and we're in a place and we just have gone through a trial, if you are feeling afflicted, it's really important to to pray and to also realize like inviting the Lord into that because he's already with you, inviting the Lord into that affliction and allowing him to just show you the ways that he's going to still use it for your good. And so, for instance, I'll talk about myself. I had a summer and I call it the summer of Job and it could take, I could talk about it for days, but I'm going to talk about it for like a couple of minutes here. And I had things come against me financially. My, my physical security was like kind of in jeopardy. And um, I also had health issues all in one summer. And it was like the summer of Job. I was so afflicted. I didn't know what to do. Um, And through that summer, through the affliction of like needing to figure out resources, um, I leaned on people more than I would have ever. So God was able to provide a humble spirit in me because I was very prideful. Like I was like, I can do this on my own. I don't need any help. But he, I was in enough affliction where I was like, no, I can't do this on my own. And so I was able to then soften my heart towards receiving, you know, from Mm -hmm. my family. And then I also had physical ailments in that summer 
where I couldn't do the physical things that I always had done. I always ran hours. Like that was my endorphin release. And that affliction, it was awful. I broke my foot, had some surgery on um, my stomach and things that were just like unforeseen. And through that, I could no longer run. And I didn't realize how unhealthy it was for me to run as much as I was. And so in that affliction, I then had turned to weights because I Mm -hmm. still wanted to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And the Lord completely delivered me of body dysmorphia in the affliction where I was Mm -hmm. like, this is awful. Like I can't do the things that I love. Like it's healthy, God. And he was like, just wait, trust me, trust me, trust me. I'm here with you. And he was with me because I had very, very young kids, very baby kids this summer. Mm. It was like almost a decade ago now, but it was like hard. And then you think about, um, and then I also had like, you know, some scary stuff in my personal life. And that affliction allowed me to actually pour into work in a different way. And to, um, not that I would have chose to do it in that way, but it happened because I wasn't able to, to sleep really as soundly. I was really on high alert and he still used that affliction for my good. Yeah. Do you think that like going through that summer and then praying as well, like you had mm-hmm. to write, you were in communication with God, allowed you to see things differently at the time? Or was it later on when you kind of looked back and you were like, "Ooh, I was just taking it day by day, but mm-hmm. thank you, Jesus, like that I made it through. Or were you... You know what I mean? Was it like a moment by moment thing or are you able to look back later or both? Yeah, and that's a really good question. When I was in the furnace, I did not like it and I did not (laughs) see the outcome and I did not understand or appreciate it. I saw it probably within a couple of years. It didn't, it wasn't immediate. Mm -hmm. It was not immediate that he let me slow down and realize, hey, now look back. And I would realize like you delivered me from this body dysmorphia. I got a promotion out of this. Mm. You allowed me to have like a really close family relationship that otherwise probably wouldn't be so closely knit. Um, But in the middle of it, no, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel good. I didn't say, yes, Mm -hmm. one more day, Lord, I'm going to be a better person out of this. Give me one more. Absolutely not. And I'm being Mm -hmm. real. I was like, get me out of here, Lord. Like what is going on? What else, God? And I look back and I'm like, Lord was merciful because he was patient because I know I was grumbling, (laughs) but he was patient. And it was earlier in my walk, you know, in in my spiritual walk where he was out of this testimony, out of that summer, he built um, my ability to look at a true like testament of like when he was good. So now I look back at that, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. What you're talking about is so hard because they were like life circumstances. Mm-hmm. They were they were things, though, that do permeate our, mm-hmm. our, our culture, and it's just not easily seen. Yeah, because if you look at the roots, right? Let's look at the roots. It's a good mm-hmm. point. We look at the roots of the three things that I pointed out that summer, right? So pride was an idol because I was having the pride of, like, mm-hmm. again, image, right? I'm strong. I can do this. Yeah. And I was broken off. You know, at least, I mean, every day we got to fight these things. But the big, the big pridefulness of my heart had it broken right. off. We look at the other thing, right, where it's like the, the safety and security that also the Lord doesn't want us to live in fear. Mm-hmm. So it gave me that sense of like, I can trust in him to be my protector, right? And to navigate me with discernment as to like what's best. But I'm not going to have to like be sleepless my whole night thinking I need to guard and protect and be the one who is in control right? To protect all these things. And so that broke that off, which can be an idol, right? Wanting to have control and feeling like you 
alone are the one who's going to provide that safety. Like the Lord is the one who ultimately has this in his hand. And then we also think about the the body dysmorphia. That's image. That's mm, an idol. Yeah. Okay. And that's something that he broke off of me. Um, and the enemy used that against me, right? Because mm-hmm. I say like right. the Lord delivered right. me, which means that that was something that was used by the yeah, enemy to that. taunt me. That's an idol. Right. And and just to like, I really want to focus in on that part, right, too, how the enemy used something specific. Like, like what exactly was it? Was it the the breaking of the foot that you're talking about the enemy? Or was it the surgery that you had to go through? I think it was the whole circumstance. The whole the whole summer and the way that it was put together. Compounded almost. Yes, compounded. Yeah. So it was like a heavy, heavy weight. Yes. That just And it wasn't it a surprise wasn't to the Lord. It was like the Lord knows everything before it's gonna happen. And so again, I have to look at it instead of like the enemy's attack. The Lord allowed it. Which means for me as a mature believer that the Lord knew that he was going to make me strong enough to get through it. And the enemy could throw whatever he wanted to, and he wasn't going to prosper in it. God is like, we can use this. We're going to use mm. this crushing place where she identifies with needing to do all this stuff to have a body image in a certain way mm-hmm. and needing to run. I'm going to flip it. Right. And she's going to experience freedom, even though she feels like that's, I could just feel those things now looking back. Like this is what the Lord was doing in my heart. Mm-hmm. Is he totally yeah, let because me he was with you freedom. through it. He was. Yes. Yeah. But yes. he wasn't, I feel like so, so important to clarify this. Like he was not the one doing it right. to you. However, right. however it happened. Right. So however he was using it where he intervened to allow some idols to break off of you, mm-hmm. some things that needed to get brushed off of you in that fire affliction. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which made you a more mature believer right. and makes you grateful for that time. It does. You didn't want that stuff to happen to you so no. that you would feel closer to God. And that's a weird, that, yeah. Right. So I got to get away from that. But like eventually you were able to at least pray and then later realize, wow, like mm-hmm. there were some things that were not super healthy, but right. God let let me led me through that, and He did it for the better. Like, Absolutely. yeah, it was hard. It was, yeah, it was it was horrible. And you but talk good about that. Came through you that. talk about the mental affliction, though. That was more than the physical. I mean, yeah, I had a, a mm. little foot brace and I had uh, bandages from my surgery. But the mental piece of that affliction was real. That was the worst part. So I, I don't mm. want to gloss over that. And so I will just say this, the depression and the ache and the anxiety and all of those feels, they were way more real than the pain of my foot and my stomach and the physical pain that I was feeling. And that's that's why I did have to pray so much. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I, mm-hmm. this ache is so overwhelming. This ache, this like soul aching anguish. Yes. Um, and that's what I felt was the most on fire is like he was burning off the things in my soul that were no yeah. longer going to serve my family or myself. And so that's I will not like gloss over and say that was easy. And I absolutely when I'm in it, if someone would have said, but God is working it out for your good. I probably would have at that point tripped the person. Now I would walk away and just like <laughs> talk to the Lord about it. But at that point, probably would have like put my other good foot, just like tripped them and been like, see you later, because that doesn't feel good. Like, yeah, I know you're trying doesn't. to be encouraging, but if you know someone is in a furnace of affliction and they're just not going to want to likely receive that word, 
at the time they're in the middle of the furnace because if someone was seriously mm-hmm. if someone would have said hey but you know what it's going to turn out for your good i mean we get it now we get that we get that and then we try to be encouraging but sometimes it's just good to sit with the person and not feel like you need to give you know give them the yeah. words that aren't going to fix the thing like I don't know. I just maybe maybe that is someone will receive that. But I know when I was really hurting, you could tell me the most inspiring thing in the world. And I would just say, can you just pray for me? Because I want to receive that. But my heart hurts so much right now. I can't. Yeah. And that's a good segue to say, like, to kind of talk about reflection here in terms of your own experiences with affliction or things that have gone really, really poorly in your life and bad in the circumstances that it's, it's led to, or maybe you're in that spot right now. Honestly, I would just take, ask you guys to take a minute and just think about who it is that has encouraged you or is encouraging you and how, how specifically. Um, and, and that can really just lead to a lot of peace in itself mm-hmm. to be able to be like, okay, I'm not alone in this actually. Like, God never meant this, I mean, this thing to happen to just me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so, like, Shadrach was not alone. He had his two buddies with him, mm-hmm. right? So, like, God often brings people around mm-hmm. you to support you in really difficult seasons or just in sometimes good seasons. But he's always, always bringing people around you to support. Mm-hmm. So with that, um I'd love for you guys to think about that. And then, MJ, would you like to say a prayer for us? Yes, I will do that. Lord, I just thank you so much that you are with us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you bore our sin on the cross so we may be able to approach you and we may be able to have a relationship with you. Lord, I just pray over my brother or my sister and you, Lord Jesus, that they may be able to examine their lives and they may be able to just Think about the times that you have been with them in the affliction in their lives, Lord. I pray that if they are in the furnace right now, God, that you may give them a special extra portion, God, of your mercy and compassion as you are in it with them and let them just feel your presence, God. I pray that you would give them revelation about how anything that has been thrown their way that seems to have thrown their life course off path or in a way that they just never expected, God, that you will still turn it for their good. And I know, Lord Jesus, that you are a God who loves us. And so, God, you turn everything into good for those that love you, and you will be glorified. Mm -hmm. And so help us to keep the faith when we are feeling despair and we are feeling the real fire and the ache in the furnace, God. You're a good Lord, and we are grateful for you. It's in your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. 